Sex Priestess Podcast. Welcome, babe, to the Sex Priestess Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicole Oracle, and I embody all things forbidden here in the Western world. I am a Magdalene, writer, creatrix, and sex priestess. I teach devoted women how to heal sexual trauma, embrace and express every aspect of her existence so that she feels safe to create her most pleasurable and authentic life. I've spent lifetimes as a sex priestess, spent over a decade in the sex industry as a conscious stripper, and half a decade healing my deepest sexual and ancestral trauma. My mission in this lifetime is to heal what my ancestors couldn't while embracing every single story, as my story is also yours. I'm here to share with you all that I'm learning on this powerful path of the sacred sex priestess, what this actually means, and how to embody the magic within the mess. This high-frequency podcast will create a personalized experience of deep internal healing as we share and hold space for stories of pain to power, pain to pure pleasure, claiming our rightful throne of the sex priestess. May you receive exactly what you need to here. Let's do this, boo. Welcome back to the Sex Priestess Podcast. My name is Sarah Nicole Oracle, and I am so fucking honored to have a dear sister of mine as a guest on the podcast. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, babe. I'm so excited to be here with you. We're going to be diving deep into so many different things, and I really just wanted to presence you and honor you um, and your, your story and the work that you're doing now and your your devotion your devotion to healing your devotion to your own passion and your devotion to your purpose which is fucking creation because we are creation as sex priestesses (laughs) so welcome babe it's it's a fucking honor to have you here it's an honor to be here I feel truly so deeply honored to be able to share this space with you yeah thank you so much for being here babe it's oh my gosh it's a privilege to have you here and um so just to, you know, as a disclaimer, guys, we're going to be talking about abortion and we're also going to be talking about um, some heavier topics. Um, so Kayla actually experienced, um, she was in a cult. So after her abortion, um, she was in a cult and we're going to be diving deep in, into what happened and um, what she's healed and just the, all of the things that want to come through. And I'm just so fucking excited. So I wanted to share that first because sometimes it's like when, when we don't know exactly what's going to be spoken about, it could be a little bit shocking, but that's kind of the fucking medicine, you know? (laughs) Um, So I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction. So Kayla is many fucking things. (laughs) She's a digital creator an aromatherapist, a writer, and a creatrix, and a cat mom, like me, and with this passion, so she has a passion for creation, and so with this passion, she loves to help people birth and give life to their visions and to their passions, and we're going to get into Kayla's offerings um, at the end of this episode, so um, welcome, babe. Um, I would love to receive um, a little bit about you because I know I just did an introduction is there anything that you want to add like any anything that's happening in your life right now that you want to share that's you know I think at this point in my life and this in this time in my life it's so funny how like um you know airy season just began today today and the spring equinox so happy spring equinox everyone but 
Pisces season put me through the ringer, the ringer for sure, for sure. And I felt so stripped of everything, like the things that I was asking for, you know, more faith, more strength, you know, to be able to manifest those things that I want. Literally, when I tell you I was stripped of everything from being able to drive my car to my laptop charger, just going out completely. It was like spirit was like, sit with yourself, like sit with yourself and allow this clarity to come through by being in your body because you're running here, there, everywhere. Like it really was a grounding and like just a space for stillness that I feel like was so, so needed. And so I'm coming out on the other end of that. And and after I fully like surrendered to that, literally the part for my car, I ordered it yesterday. It's coming in today and somebody's fixing it for free tomorrow. What? <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right. Yes. Funny sense of humor. Yes, queen. You know what? That's so incredibly powerful. And it's like, I feel like so many people went through like such a deep initiation as like Pisces is like the end, the end of the astrological year. And so it's like all of the things are coming up. And what I noticed when you were sharing this, it's like a lot of us like, like do and do and do. And we think that we have to do all of these things, um, like as a distraction of, of, of sitting, sitting with what's real. And so just fucking celebrating it because that's not fucking easy. Like that's an initiation in and of itself. And that's like the essence of the sex priestess. So just fucking bowing to you, babe. Like you got through it. It's the fucking spring equinox now. And so what do you feel is, is, is being birthed now for you? Like now that we've kind of like moved past that, that really dense heaviness and you were able to sit with yourself, what was like, you know, a couple of like the main things that were like, like a, a, a realization, like a realization or just like that direct download, what, what did you receive? So what I received is that I, I get sometimes super wrapped up when I get so excited about being a part of new communities and what they're creating, right? And so what will happen is like, I am, I'm such a servant that I want to fully immerse myself into a space and really want to give my all. And then I forget to give to myself. Wow. And I also like start to come back to the fact that that communities are very dense streams of consciousness. They're like rivers, right? Like all of these drops of water flowing together in this river. And I have realized that I am a dense stream of consciousness. So then there comes this resistance and this friction when I join communities because I am also like my being is birthing something really big but I love to be a part of with the energy that I am able to, to give, um, to like, you know, push forward other creative visions and be a part of communities in different ways. But every time I try to like sink into like being a hundred percent into that, I always, I'm like smacked in the face with like, you are a dense stream of consciousness. And, and this is, one of those things that I feel like is such a theme with what we're going to be getting into with the cult as well. And the lessons that I learned with that. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. I really am. But I I just feel like um, always like getting excited for the things outside of me always brings me back to myself. When I get excited for communities outside of me, when I get excited for wisdom outside of me, when I get excited for these things outside of me, it's like a kid that's like, yay, a ball. And then the ball gets 
you know it's the ball, the ball drops the ball drops <laughs> and it, it drops and I'm like oh well I just got me here and it's like every time every time wow, wow. <laughs> that's really powerful babe thanks for sharing that it's yeah like what you shared like it's like it's almost like it's being reflected back to you for you to come back home for you to be of deeper service for you to actually you know show up as yourself you know and like be that divine mirror I feel like you're like a really powerful mirror I feel like also like you're called to those beautiful communities because you're bringing so much fucking magic you're bringing so much magic and healing to these spaces you know and I believe like the sex priestess is like she's she's all of it like she's all of it she's alchemy she's a portal she's a mirror she's creation itself and yeah you're just fucking amazing I love you so much <laughs> I love you so are you I see all of that in you like truly Oh, thanks so much, babe. Um, so where did you, where did you grow up? So, um, for those of you who are like familiar with the Western Carolina mountains, I grew up near there. So I grew up in a small town near Boone, North Carolina called Wilkesboro, but we moved around a lot. So then, um, around third grade or second grade, um, we moved to Yakin County, which is about 30 minutes down the road, and we moved to all the little villes, Yakinville, Jonesville, Hamptonville, and wow. then I moved to the Asheville area to go to college, cool. and I lived in the Asheville area um, in this little town called Cullowee, North Carolina, for about six to seven years, so I've kind of moved around a lot, and then after that, I hopped to Florida for a little bit and then moved back, so I've been on the move yeah wow thank you for sharing that mm -hmm. yeah um so your your experience in college well what did you take in college i'd love to so know that i originally had a scholarship for english education cool That's so that awesome. was that was where it started and then um i transitioned into more so just like literature and writing and then I decided that college really wasn't for me. It just didn't feel like a fit. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot that happened in order to kind of push me out of that as well, which I'm super grateful for. So in the meantime, like I had always had this um, desire to, of course, create. And within that, I've always been like super good at doing makeup and hair. So I went in the mm -hmm. meantime, while I was figuring out to get my cosmetology license and did hair for a bit as well. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's fucking awesome. I love to do hair too. I actually did, um, like in high school, I did co-op. I don't know if it's called that in the States, but here in Canada, it's called co-op. Okay. And so, yeah, so I did it in a, in a hair salon and I still go to that hair salon. Well, it's closed right now, but I still go to that hair salon. So yeah, I love doing hair and makeup too. Like I love, um, just beauty. I love to create beautiful things. And like, there's, there's a really beautiful like sensual sensuality piece to it too of like taking your time and really just being present so fuck yeah girl I love this reflection right now this is fucking fire <laughs> and you have beautiful hair I'm always like wow thank you honestly it is so dry right now it is so dry I need a trim but thank you so much I love your hair too it's like it's full it's full of life <laughs> yay babe <laughs> Um, so thank you for sharing that. And so um, let's get into the abortion piece now. Yeah. Um, so I actually personally had three abortions. So my first one was, um, how old was I? 15 and then 19. And then I think I was 22. And it really took me in this 
this space, like in the beginning, like when it happened, like I kind of like, I kind of like blocked out all of like the, the pain. Cause it was like really painful for me, like both physically and emotionally. And it was like, I went and then it was like, ah, I don't want to feel this right now. So I'm just going to like, not I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not even going to like, fuck this. Like, I can't, like, this is like excruciating. And then there's also like these other pieces too of like, you know, abortion in the eyes of like the church and abortion, like through different, you know, realms and stuff. And so I was wondering, like, what was your experience? What was your experience with abortion? I would love to, I would love to receive you. So I just want to like hold space for the fact that you have had to go through that as well. And it's, it's just not, it's really not an easy space to be in. And especially being that young as well, like not having those emotional tools at the time to be able to deal with it. And so for me, it happened when I was 13. So around the age of uh, 13, I got involved with this 18 year old guy and we we dated for about i would say a year maybe nine months um but my parents like approved of it for some reason like there was a lot going on in my household at the time and um i was kind of like sneaking around to be with this 18 year old guy by going to a friend's house and all these things and i did that too (laughs) yeah i always had this like old soul about me that like I could always tell what the adults had going on. Like I always knew what all the secrets were, all the things. Like, oh my God, me too. And, <laughs> and so, you know, when it finally came up and like my stepdad knew before my mom knew and, and he had allowed it. So then like he had to talk with her because I was, you know, kind of a little tattletale. I was like, well, you've been letting me do this. And so mm-hmm. if you don't let me, I'm going to tell her that you knew this whole time. And, you know, I was yeah. just a trip at that age. Like I just had a one up on the adults. Yes. Just a rebel. And so they allowed me to date him, even though they really did not agree with it. Um, they didn't feel comfortable with it. And that in itself was a really tough experience. But, um, speaking about like the getting pregnant process, like when I found out that I got pregnant, like it was just this moment of shock and disbelief. And like, the first thought was like, what am I going to do? I'm not ready. Like, I'm not ready. And so I kind of sat on that. And I remember going to tell my mom, we were sitting in the car and it's like, your whole body is like, well, mine anyways, was just seized with this emotion, like all the way from my throat down to the pits of my womb. That was like, Ah! yeah (laughs) like that was literally like it it was more of just like a feeling than it is anything that I can verbalize emotionally Mm -hmm. I was like you've got to tell her and so I did and the shock on her face and like the fact that it was happening was was just I could tell super hurtful to her and she was kind of freaking out because you know she was in the church raised Christian and she was like well you're having you know you're going to have this child And I was just like, at 13, I was like, no, I'm not. She was like, you don't really have a choice. And I was like, yes, I do. This is my body. And, you know, we went back and forth about it. And I, you know, I could see where she was coming from, you know, being, being a mom, like I really could. And finally she was just like, you know, came to an agreement that like, I am super young. I'm 13. I'm truly not ready. Like I haven't even gotten into high school yet. And I'm literally still in middle school. Like I'm not ready for this. I'm not. And so we made the appointment 
And I remember like riding up, she had a friend come with her for support for her. And it was just one of those days I'll never forget, like the tiny moments of just like looking outside of the car and like really sitting with that choice and actually getting there. It's like one of those times where like before the separation and the numbness happened, I was so in my body and so present of everything going on around me. And so when we get there, um, me and my mom go to the back and it was so far along that they had to do, you know, the vacuum. And so, you know, I took the pill and I lay down because it was like, you know, seizing cramps and like, it was really painful. And like, it just felt really like my insides were coming out. And I just lay down and I remember trying to go to sleep on my mom's lap. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'm not asleep, but I'm in this still state where like, you know, everything is feeling okay. Like it's bearable. And I hear my mom like hop on the phone with her mom and literally have a breakdown because she thought I was asleep. And, you know, all of those things that, you know, she said like from her deepest core of how she felt, which I won't share because those are her things to share, but hearing those things and hearing how she really felt, it was like not only experiencing what I was going through, but what she was going through based off of what I was going through, you know, as a mom. And it was, it was a pretty traumatic experience because getting in there and like that happening, the nurses were kind of like making jokes and they were like, yeah, her, like her legs are sprawled open like a frog. And like, they're making all these like jokes while this is going on. And I'm just over here, like just really freaked out and like, just shocked that I'm like, this is, this is like they're allowed to say things like that. Like fucking God, babe. Yeah. So then we left and I just remember like after that, um, there was this huge shift in, in who I became. And it was, it was when I just numb myself through every, every action, like finding ways to numb myself. I did not want to think about it. I didn't want to feel it. And I had really done a, such a good job at convincing everybody around me that I was okay. And I got kicked off the cheerleading squad because I like missed that day to go do that. And I didn't want to tell my coaches that that's what had happened. And so it was just like, on top of that, like losing the one thing that allowed me to kind of like express joy in that way at the time. And I just kind of like it, it, put me in this space of like solitude really I would lay in the bed and really all I would do is watch charmed and I would just like I see- love charmed <laughs> witches <Yeah>. unite <laughs> huh I said witches unite <laughs> yes witches unite so I would just you know numb myself through things that felt comforting like that and yeah. um that's when I really started emotional eating and I would numb my feelings through food I would eat all of the time and um I just like had very low self-confidence, very low self-esteem. And I remember being like in like gym and the guy had kind of at the time when he found out about everything, he completely ghosted me. And so I tried to call him from like the gym phone. And I remember him picking up and hearing his voice and being like, it's me. And he literally hung up. And like in that moment, like it literally felt like I was dying and I was just like thank goodness that like heartbreaks don't feel like that in adulthood because when you're that age like heartbreaks literally feel like your world is ending yes you know and on top of everything that was going on outside of what should be going on when you're that age it was just a lot to deal with and so 
yeah, I turned to eating and I really like kind of withdrew myself from my peers. And um, this, like, there were just lots of rumors that went on about me because of that, because I was so outgoing before that. And nobody quite knew what happened. Like, what was that shift? Like, why is she so into herself now and just reading? I stayed in the library and so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a really tough part of my life, but really the point where I began to heal from that is when I got into college and mm-hmm. I was able to like freely be me because at home, like even going through like the emotional eating, there was shame around that. And there was like, you, you know, you don't need to eat so much. And like, if you could just lose a few pounds and like these things that stick with you through the things. And so it was a, it truly was a tough experience, but I think the most potent thing that I gained from that experience is being able to put myself in the shoes of someone else who has made a choice that I might say in this moment that I would never make. But if I have never been there, then I, I truly don't know. And it, it like allowed me to really open this space of love and compassion where I really didn't have that before and really kind of put down those judgments and really be able to embrace people just for who they are, not for who I want them to be, not for who I see them as, not for this image that I create of who I think that they are, but like in this moment as they are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pila, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, I can relate so deeply. I can relate so deeply to, um, just this piece with your with your mom and like you know I also sense like obviously you know we're connected to our mothers you know so deeply and it's almost like as you laid on her lap it was like that was a confirmation that you know you are connected to her and you are you were exactly where you needed to be you know and look what you have like healed look what you have like you know look what you can share now and so I'm just like, fuck yeah, babe. Thank you for sharing that. I'm honoring you so deeply. I relate to everything that you've just shared and like the age part as well. Like my first abortion was was so hard. Like it was so hard. Fuck. Like, and the, the guy that I was with at the time, um, we used to fight a lot. Like we used to fight a lot and like he, I didn't feel supported at all. And so I feel like something that you've mentioned is um, the the nurses were not supportive at all. And so I feel like, you know, with what we're sharing here today, today, like if you have gone through an abortion or if you know someone who's gone through an abortion or, you know, this, this kind of experience to fucking support them, you yeah. know, to fucking support them, regardless of what your idea is of abortion or your own like, you know, personal fucking, traumas that you're projecting it's like this person just went through a really powerful initiation and death and this person needs support and so I feel like I really wanted to share that because we didn't get that you know and I I wish that we that we did you know I do like I we we got through it we got through it but I I also feel like I'm not afraid to say that I want I wanted support I I was not supported you know? And so 
just really wanted to presence that because I feel like that's a really big piece too. Like sometimes we feel like we can't say what would it, what it is that we want or what it is that we've needed before because you know we were too needy or we're we're this or we're that. And in this moment, I'm claiming, I'm yes. claiming that we needed the fucking support and we have supported ourselves by I I feel like I wanted that support from from my boyfriend at the time. We used to fight. You oh my gosh, do you want to know the story? I'm gonna tell you the story. So it was like a day after, okay? And he, we were at his house and we were playing video games. He was playing video games. And there's nothing wrong with video games. Whatever, if you want to play video games, that's perfect. You know, I, I like to play Super Mario. Um, but, you know, he, I was not held at all. He was just playing his fucking video game. And then we ordered pizza. And then something was wrong with the pizza. And he was like blaming me for the pizza. He was blaming me for the fucking pizza. And I got, like, I snapped. I threw the pizza at him. I threw it at him. I did. I was, and I started crying. I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I snapped. Like it was like, it was like an explosion of this really deep pain that I was feeling and like the lack of support. Like, dude, you know? So and for a tourist to throw food, that's serious right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. Fuck. We wasted fuck. the pizza. Fuck. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Because truly, you know, it's, and especially someone that you co-created with. Yeah. Like that, that's a, you know, that's a, a conscious choice that two people make to, to create together. And when like, there's a lack of responsibility on one end, like it truly does fall all on another person, the mm -hmm. other person. And I, you know, I think that having these like sisterhoods and having these connections are really like so potent because they allow you to truly be so seen, felt, held, acknowledged, and not try to try to be fixed. It's just that you are like, I don't need to fix you. I just, I'm here to hold this space. I don't need to do anything but be here and something as simple as that, as that presence of like not trying to project onto you the solutions that I think that that you should pursue or give you advice that that really doesn't pertain to what your heart desires, even though I have the best interest for you. But this is really mm -hmm. just limited within my view is so important when it comes to support to just ask a woman to come back home to her inner wisdom, to her inner well of wisdom. And just put it back to her to ask what she needs, mm -hmm. what she feels she needs to do, how yes. she needs to be supported. Yes. Yes, babe. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's a really important piece as well. Um, I feel like you spoke just right now, you just spoke directly to a few souls. I, I can feel that connection. So thank you so much. Yeah. <sighs> Abortion is such, it's such a, a deep topic and I'm so excited and I'm so honored to, you know, just be, I feel safe to, to share like, you know, with you and it's just, this is magical for me right now. And um, so after that, after your abortion, um, I would love to know, you know, a little bit more about what happened in terms of um, the cult and um, yeah, let's, let's dive into that. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Sorry, it froze a little bit, but we're oh. good now. Okay, cool. So it was immediately after that this like transition started to take place. And so it was like, 
So I want to like, you know, put a little bookmark here for me to come back to later. And that bookmark is going to be within polarity. And you'll see that through these two very extreme um, events taking place in my life. I, I'll come back and like tie back into polarity later. Cool. But after, um, after I had the abortion, my mom was really big on me getting back into church again. And she was just, it was just like, that was her way of dealing with it to try to really make amends with God because she felt really guilty and was going through her own things with it and her own struggles with it. And, and she doesn't really like to talk about emotions and those kind of things. So I didn't have a space to really, you know, do that either. And so it was like in that, in that space, I made myself so small, like almost invisible so that, you know, nobody could really tell that I was there. I didn't want to be a bother. I didn't want to be a burden. I really went into myself so much that like, you barely even knew I was there. I was reading all of the time. I was in my room secluded. And my mom was just like, knowing that that wasn't healthy for me as well. So she was like, solution, let's get into church. So my sister was going to this daycare at the time and her teacher had invited us to go to this church. And um, it wasn't a regular church service. It was like a women's um, kind of session. And it was like, I think on a Thursday night, and my mom was like, well, Asia's teacher has invited us to go. Let's go. And I was like rolling my eyes. I really did not want to go. Like I wasn't feeling in alignment with being around a lot of women who, who were really deep into religion because I've just never like from a, from a young age, never really resonated with it. And that's how I was raised, you know, in a Christian household where it's like, this is the way it goes. And I'm in the Bible belt as well in the South. <sighs> so, you know, like growing up in the Bible Belt in the South, at, you know, growing up in a Christian household, also like being one of the only like colored people like in my town, it was just a whole experience. Wow, so, wow girl. Yeah. So um, she made me go. And so, so we get there. And I remember like, you know, there was this moment where I was like, there are all of these women like enjoying themselves together. They're eating, they're like having fun. They're like supporting each other. And they asked us to write down something that we wanted to release on a piece of paper. And I wrote down the guy that, you know, I was with the 18 year old guy. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like, you know, releasing that in that moment. And that was such a powerful moment for me, the moment of just writing that down, that I associated that with the actual group. And it's so funny oh. going back in your adult mind and like looking back with the lens that you have now on like what you went through because it's like you see it and it's like that's what yeah that was. yeah that's for cool. sure yeah a thousand percent <laughs> yeah. yeah and so after that it kind of snowballed very quickly my mom wasn't able to go to the church service but she still wanted me to go so she sent me to this church service by myself with the teacher and when I got there, it was just like, there were just like eight people there. I had never been to a church setting where it was so small, but it was like in this old, like 4-H building. It was like an old, like community building. Hmm. And, um, you know, the pastor started preaching and it was very intense. And like, you know, I could just tell that like, there was a lot of love for the people, um, that they had for each other there. 
And, you know, I, at that point, like I enjoyed the message that day Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed the like sense of community and support that I, that I didn't really receive at home. And so I was just like, these people are really here for each other. That's what I, like, I felt it. I felt that they were very closely intertwined and I didn't realize how closely. And so at that time, I'm like, I'm 14. And when my mom's not there, and this is a, this is a red flag now, but didn't realize it then I just felt special then. And that's like a very key part of it is like that feeling of being special, of being, you know, being on a pedestal of being different of like, you know, all the things that I felt like I would never feel about myself again from just like Mm -hmm. having that experience Mm -hmm. to like coming into this space and my mom wasn't there and the pastor asked me to join the church without my mom being there and so you know I did another red flag (laughs) yes I did and then you know my mom kind of flipped out on me and I was just like you told me to go like at that point you know I didn't even realize that was a red flag I was like why wouldn't you want me to join a church you know like I don't see anything wrong with it well, she started to come to the church as well. And then some of my other family members actually started to come to the church. So it grew into this, um, to this family affair that we went to this church and it just got more and more intense because you were expected to come to church almost every day of the week. Oh you were, God. yeah, you were expected to like be a part of all of these meetings. There were women, there were women's music meetings, discipleship meetings, dance meetings, board meetings, church, like there were all of the, and then you would travel to go to other churches and like all of these things. And so it was just like you, if you weren't there, you were shamed for not being there. And then really like anything that the pastor would say, it was like, I came to see that like everybody just listened. There was no questioning. There was no, like, whatever the pastor said, it was, even if like it would contradict, you know, and, and then it was really during that time when I like just got really into it because I was like, you know, I have a bigger purpose here. Like I, you know, I'm able to make a difference. Like they're wanting me to be on the board at this age, which is another huge red flag. And I was just a part of all of these things. And I felt like it finally was a space where I was seen and where I was like special and connected and supported by all of these people. And so I just, you know, I kept going and my mom, she was having a really hard time with going, you know, because the pastor would kind of preach at the adults, like specifically, like be calling them out in sermons and and, like to their personal situations and like things like that. Wow. And, um, so this story gets wilder. So, so then like, you know, some time goes by and my mom starts like falling asleep at the wheel. Like that's how much that we're going. Like she's falling asleep and like, she's not really, you know, wanting to go. And like a few of my other family members stop going because they start to feel uncomfortable about being called out and about, you know, feeling shamed and, and for feeling controlled really. And, you know, then like behind the scenes, I'm experiencing it all that my mom's not even experiencing aside. And it's like, you know, well, these people, you know, aren't really in alignment with God. And, you know, they're just, you know, allowing the devil to um, just take them off of their path. And I'm just like, so proud of you for being here. And there was always this just background praise of like, but I'm so proud of you for being here and for like stepping up, even though these adults aren't stepping up and, you know, as young as you are to be doing the things that you're doing and like 
like I said, it was just like being poured into like, you're so special. You're so yeah. special. So special. And like oh. to be groomed and like, yes, so- that's like grooming. That's like pure grooming. Wow. Yes. I was with the pastor and his wife all of the time. And not a lot of people were like, I was with them all the time. Like I would stay the night over there. Like I would stay like in wow. like separate room and like people didn't stay over there. So like really, and truly like, you know, I was, I was very close with them and it, um, it got to the point where I started to feel like there were certain things that weren't lining up in my, in my brain, but I would just like overlook them, overlook them because I felt like I was a part of something. Yeah. And so my mom stopped going and I don't know, I, I, I'll be honest. I think I really like blacked out a part of this to an extent yeah. because there, there was this shift that happened where my mom stopped going and I was allowed to move in with them. What? Wow. Yes. Like they, they like, I don't know what the conversation was between my mom and, and oh, my brother, wow. but I was like allowed to stay there. And so I was staying with one of the sisters of the church. I had a room there and I also had a room at the pastor's house and I would switch between the two places. And this is when like, you know, the things that I would do, like watch shows that were supernatural I would have to hide and like watch in the middle of the night on my little bitty iPod touch and like you know like yeah I had these things because you know I wasn't allowed to listen to anything but gospel music I wasn't able to wear anything really but dresses like I was enrolled in the school where I really taught myself I wasn't really allowed to hang out with people talk to people when I was going on the bus like I was yeah I was very it was very um it was very controlled and at that point, the, the rebel in me started to flare up and she was like, oh no, oh no. Mm-hmm. So they, they birthed this women's house where they like brought in women who were struggling and gave them a place to stay. And, you know, at the age of 14, 15, cause I'm there until I'm 17, 14, 15. Wow. Um, they have me like being a leader over these women who are double my age. There was a lot of conflict there because of it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that was a, that was a piece of it as well, but I would travel with them everywhere. And anytime there would be any kind of like resistance in anything, um, the pastor would have me in counseling sessions for, for hours. Like we would be in there anytime that any kind of like rebellious kind of behavior would show up or any kind of like straying into like a different like belief or idea or whatever that wasn't in alignment with what was going on I would be in counseling sessions for that to what I look back now be rewired and it was just like you know when you hear the same things over and over again you just you know you start to accept them And so, you know, it just, I was really worn down and I was really feeling like something wasn't quite right, but I thought it was me. And I thought that like, I was the one who was being disobedient and that I was the one who wasn't, you know, being good enough or, you know, being a good enough disciple. And so I would like stuff those things down. And so then we end up going on a beach trip and my mom, she came back around for that. Hmm. So we all went on a women's beach trip And I remember letting one of the sisters like borrow my old phone while hers was, you know, getting fixed. And she's the one who invited us initially to come. She's older. And so I get the phone back and I'm really tech savvy, like really tech savvy. So I'm nosy, you know, I was like, (laughs) what's she deleting here? You know, like I'm just, (laughs) 
I'm not, not even gonna lie. I Me am. too. It's okay. <laughs> so I went through the phone and I found messages between her and the pastor. Oh my gosh. And in this, moment, in this moment, my little saggy self was like, ah! <laughs> like I literally just almost exploded because I was so close to the pastor's wife and I felt so angry so angry and I went and I confronted her immediately and then the pastor was on the phone talking to me like they're just trying to hush me you know Mm -hmm. and like telling me that like what I saw like wasn't wasn't him and like all of this stuff I don't they tried to twist it to where that wasn't the case when actually it was the case but still that got swept under the rug as well Mm -hmm. and then you know, it went on that same way. And I would just, you know, I just kept seeing these things pop up, you know, things pop up. And then there was this group of women who would just like cater to the pastor. Like they would cater to him, anything he wanted. And I remember being in there one day and, um, I just like got an apple that, you know, one of the women had bought for the pastor and she got pissed. She was like, those are for the pastor. And I'm like, yo, it's an apple. how you gonna be like this yeah but it started with a stranger like you know he would ask for me to um tell him my dreams every time I would have a dream and so that was a thing and um he would like talk about like older guys in the church how like he could see that being a match at some point like with me and oh wow and um, like in these counseling sessions like a couple of times it came up where he would like just say inappropriate things like that, you know, he could tell that I had sexual gifts. And that's when I started to like, be freaked out, like, a little bit. And I was just like, Mm. you know, just seeing these things pop up. And so one day, I just had a breakdown at this middle college that I went to. And I broke down and I called my mom. And I was like, I want to come home. It was just like that break in like structure where I was just like, this does this isn't feeling right. This isn't feeling right. And I don't know how the pastor knew. I don't, I really don't, but he could tell I was acting different and called me into this counseling session and told me that I had demons inside of me and that it'd be a shame if something happened to my mom because he was a life insurance salesman and like had been like going back and forth with her about getting like a policy done and things. And so so, threatening you. Yeah. So it, it, I was like, I can't, I can't go home. So my mom pulls up to get me and I like, you know, she's so excited that I'm coming home because they've been trying to convince me. And it was like, I, I disowned my family. That's what it felt like. And I remember going out there scared that something was going to happen to her. So I turned around and she didn't understand at the time and Mm -hmm. seeing her face like still haunts me sometimes because she was so heartbroken that I, you know, and I have my, like, my cousins and my siblings in the back, like, saying mean things to me, because they don't understand even what was said in that session, and I'm just, like, so torn, and so at that point, I guess it lit a fire under my mom's ass, and all of my family, and they're like, no, we're going to get her, so around this time, um, that So I didn't know this, but on the back end, there's like a back layer to the story where the pastor has a best friend who's also a pastor. So he came over and he saw my picture on the fridge and he was like, why do you have a picture of her on your fridge? The pastor had a picture of you on his fridge. Yeah. 
Wow. And, and so the other pastor asked him that question when he came over and he was like, why do you have a picture of her on your fridge? He was like, yeah, she goes to my church. And he was like, that's my granddaughter. <laughs> so the pastor was oh my with my dad's dad, who wasn't really a part of our lives like that. And this is like when like shit started to hit the fan. And so I remember it was on Christmas Eve. My mom had the police come and like at first they weren't there, but it was my mom who showed up, my grandma, my aunt Jeannie, my aunt Sherry, like they all showed up Yeah. and they were like coming to get me. And like, it was just a showdown in that house. I felt so uncomfortable. It was like the, a yelling match between them. And I'm just like wanting to disappear, like wanting to just not be there because they're going back and forth. And finally the police come and have to get involved to escort me out and I left with like the book bag on my back mm. and all of my stuff is still there to this day like I left with nothing wow. I wasn't allowed to get anything back and after that I did not know how to feel I was like what the hell has just happened like what just happened like I didn't feel comfortable being at home it felt foreign I didn't like I at that point knew that I didn't need to be there either and so at that time, I just went to stay with my aunt. So it was like a neutral zone because I just needed to be in a space where, you know, I wasn't around some, my, my mom, truly, yeah. Yeah. she really didn't know how much I had been through and she had went through a lot with that too. So there, that was just too much for me. So in the meantime, they're having me like get on church on my laptop and they're like, you know, asking me if I'll run away into the woods and they'll come get me and all these things because I'm in the mountains and it was just a moment and then I had a I had a moment where I, it just clicked like you're not meant to be there you're not meant to be there like and I started to be able to unfold those layers of everything I had built up as belief and that have been had been like hardwired into me and mm -hmm. I felt like a stranger in my own body for so long because I didn't think for myself I didn't question anything. I didn't think for myself. I didn't make choices for myself. I didn't choose what to wear. I didn't choose what to listen to, what to watch, nothing. I was so out of touch with myself that it took me so long to, to even like to be in my body. Like I just would do anything to get outside of my body. So I went to college soon after that. And so I had missed a whole year of school. And so they were going to hold me back. And I don't know how it happened, but I missed my whole junior year and um, I missed. So I had when I was like in that school, I was still able to go up till my junior year, even going to that that church. But my junior year, I was completely out of out of high school wow. and I had EOCs without taking any of the coursework. And so I don't I don't know how that happened, but it did. I, I passed algebra two honors in all of the classes that I was enrolled. Fuck in. Yes. Boom. And I graduated with my class. And when I went back, there were so many rumors about yeah. that I had like got pregnant and dropped out of school and all of these things. And when I came back, it was a shock to everybody. Wow. They were like, what happened? Like yeah. what, there's, you were, you just disappeared and now you're back. And now like, you know, that whole time at school, like there's that side of them seeing me go from in, cause I'm with the same people from literally third grade all the way into high school. So they're seeing this whole transformation wow. occur where it's like extroverted, 
then she goes inward and then she disappears and then she is like literally on the bench reading a bible like what is this yeah what so it was a lot um I ended up you know graduating with my class going off to college and a lot of toxic things ensuing because of all of that trauma wow and yeah wow 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 babe thank you for sharing that that is one hell of an initiation and like wow there's so many different pieces within there of like you know the religious aspect and like also you know the 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 drilling of of um just dogma and control and stuff and your own initiation within and then people coming back to get you your mom coming back to get you and like that whole showdown like damn I felt the intensity on your sharing that I was like holy fuck oh wow I remember being at the store and I was with the pastor's wife and one of his daughters and they're like your mom's at the house and I was like oh shit you know like I can go down with your family like they're all there and the oh pastor's wife, it was interesting because she just looked at me and she said, you need to go home. It yeah. was like, she had this knowing that it was not something that was right either. Yeah. And I had moments, you know, even after that, because I worked in the area where some of the sisters from the church would pop up and like, try to speak to me and, and things. And I would freak out. Like I'd literally be in a full-blown panic as a, a grown woman seeing these women and them wanting wow. to talk to me because they they knew too that like what was going on was just not what should be going on and so I would freak out when I would see them and it's like my jobs were like what is going on here and then I'd have to open up about the whole thing and it'd be a whole ordeal so I had these moments that were like spirit was like you've got to face this, you've got to face this, you got to face this, like, yep. and it caused me to open and open and open, and even, even though through college, you know, I numbed myself through drinking, I had never drank or smoked it all the way up until college, and I just went really heavily into partying, into drinking, into smoking, anything I could do to escape, and and I, you know, that was fun for a while. And then I, I really met a group of my soul sisters who had, I'd known since I was younger, but we didn't connect. I was just sitting on the floor one day and they come out of nowhere and they're like, Kayla, is that you? Like, I haven't seen you since you were younger. And like, we started to become friends and it's, it's blossomed into the greatest gift in my life truly like feeling so so seen so heard truly and it's like this collective understanding without you know any boundaries any any kind of anything having to be discussed there was just this like collective consciousness that kind of came together and yeah. it, it was just like that when I connected with my soul tribe I had this big initiation yeah. And this big opening of expressing myself and being me and being seen and being like embraced and, and fully radically accepted by these women. Yeah. And I had never had that in my life. And it, it was really what the source of my healing came from is from like being connected with women who also had been through so much and who chose to like show up and deal with the things that they had been through. Oh my goodness. Yes, babe. I resonate so deeply with that. And like, that is like a whole, like you have like the, the cult situation with like the cult leader and the pastor and stuff. And then there's also the sister aspect. So it's almost like you're, you're, um, 
your initiation with with the women in the cult, um, you know, really showed you what true sisterhood is. And without that, it's almost like, could you have been open to receiving that without understanding like what oh. is like shadow sisterhood you know and so that's really fucking powerful babe I would love to know like so after so after um you moved back in with your mom and I think you went you went to college and so like right before um you met your soul fam um what what healing like can you get into like maybe a little bit of the specifics of what you were doing to heal to heal yourself and um, this trauma yeah so at that point, I really wasn't, um, spirituality was not on my radar at the time. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, what was really healing for me is I had always been a huge reader and a huge writer. Like those had been two things that I had always loved. Like from the age of 13, I had yeah. this book blog called Bingle Reads. Oh my God. Cool. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I built it up to the point where I would receive advanced reader copies from publishing companies in exchange for reviews. And so I was like doing that and I had built this whole community online and I was really connected. I was connected with authors. I was connected within pe- within pe- with people within uh, publishing companies and just building these relationships and these connections and expressing myself in that way and connecting through like getting into other worlds. And this was so healing for me because I saw all of these different possibilities and all of these different realities through what I was reading. I was able to get lost in another world. And I was just like, it, it was just from all that had been pounded I was able to be presented with so many perspectives. I was able to explore culture, philosophy. I was able to read like smutty romance. I was able to- Smutty romance. (laughs) All of the things, you know, I was able to just express myself fully through books. Like, and so this was a big part of my healing (sighs) is like books saved my life. They did. (laughs) Oh my God. This Thank you. Oh my gosh. Reading and writing has like deeply, deeply served me on my path as well of healing. And wow. And it's so simple too, you know, it is. It it's is so like- simple. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, babe. Oh my gosh. This is absolutely amazing. So the part where you went through the woman's phone, what did, what was in there? So there were just the, there were these texts where they were talking about meeting up when the pastor's wife was not home. Oh. And so like I had saw where they had had some meetings and like had, had had met up and it was just really, really sketchy, but they, they were like just talking about like meeting up when she wasn't there. There wasn't really like anything incriminating other than that, but the fact Mm -hmm. that it was specifically like when she's not home yeah was the indicator for me that it was like why are they you know and it made a lot of sense because with their connection it was always you know when i when i saw that i started to put pieces together in the reactions that she would have and like how she would get so upset when he was like would say would say certain things and and you know all of these things and it it just made a lot of sense yeah is it the same lady with the apple that told you not to eat the apple? No, no. Okay. No, no. So, <laughs> so the lady who like I went through the phone was the one who initially invited us. The lady with the apple was the one who I actually had a room with. 
Oh, okay. And she was very strict and she like, she was a lot older, but she was very strict. And it was like, she, she took on this mothering role of the pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Thanks for sharing that. Wow, babe, this is, in, this is an incredible story. This is, thank you so much for sharing your journey and holy, holy cuss words. Wow. And so, and you also shared like, you know, after the fact, you, um, you started reading a lot more and you started writing and that was one of the most simplest things that helped you go into yourself and, and connect with the world through words and through also writing too. And then your sisters came, your soul fam came and like, that's just so, so, so beautiful and so powerful. Wow. And it was, you know, at that point in my life, I was really at rock bottom. I really, I really, you know, it was a fresh start for me, but I still didn't know how much I had, I had ahead of me as far as healing went. Yeah. And so looking back, like at that little Kayla and like how she got me here today, like, I'm just so proud of her. And I remember just like her sitting there and feeling like in that moment, sitting outside of her Spanish class, like she would never find people to connect with. Mm-hmm. And that exact moment is like when they walked by. Oh and, my God. You know, like I was sitting there feeling the feelings and it was just like, you know, it was just this, this space where I was truly for the first time in my life, fully seen and accepted. Like I was not fully seen and accepted within my household. I wasn't fully seen and accepted really in the church. Like even in any of my relationships. And so it was the first time where I was like, I can be silly and goofy and look pretty and like a a bum and then like (laughs) angry and like, you know, be a sour patch kid. And these people still love me regardless. Yeah. Regardless of where I'm at, regardless of how bad I'm doing, regardless if I have zero money, regardless if I have like 10 grand in my bank account, like no matter where I am at in my life that they see me like my core essence who I am purely like purely to be able to be seen in that way is such a gift that not a lot of people get in this lifetime yeah babe thank you for sharing that yes oh my gosh that was that was a really big piece for me too is like feeling safe with sisters and oh my gosh I have been connecting with so many soul sisters and it's like, I'm so fucking grateful. Like the gratitude that is pouring forth from my heart with, you know, with you and in all of the women that I'm connecting with, it's like, I'm just so grateful. Like I feel so supported, you know? And it's so beautiful because like throughout our traumas and like experiencing the initial traumas and like kind of after the fact too, it's like, we were talking about this before, we don't feel supported. We feel alone. We feel trapped. We feel like there's, we don't know what the fuck to do, you know? And so it's, it's just a really powerful realization because it's like, it's self-love, but it's also reflected in your sisters, you know, yes. it's a beautiful mirroring, sacred mirroring of love and compassion and, and, and power, you know, and our, our, our sovereignty. Wow. And so I wanted to ask you another question. So with um like with religious and stuff like so Christianity or like all of that like 
sex and everything like that is kind of like you have to wait for marriage and you have to do all of this and it's a no-no it's from the devil you're demonic and all of these things right I've I've received that um and so I would love to know um how you if if you've been experiencing this or if you've been embodying this how um you've been embodying your own uh, sexuality your own uh, sexual essence your own sensuality and how kind of that how the the trauma kind of has to do with you now and your full expression your yes full expression you know I will be honest with you with all that happened there was always this um shining truth within me that sex was not wrong like yes. like I know that it, and it was presented to me all of the time that it was like, but I, for me, for, for something to, you know, and from my experience from having sex with somebody and like being open with somebody in that capacity, my mind could never connect it with being wrong, no matter how much I was told it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that my journey there, um, was, was one that was really kept on the down low about that. I didn't voice those opinions <laughs> and bless you. And I really allowed for people to just have their own truth with that. And like, I was really good at like, when people would present those things to me, I'm like nodding, but in my head, I'm like, no, nah, that ain't for me. Like, that's for you. Like, I'll let you just speak. Yeah. That, I, don't, I don't have to accept that over here. Mm -hmm. But after, you know, that, that whole situation happened when I was 13, I just went into myself sexually until college. Yeah. I just, you know, I always have honored that space within myself, which is very interesting because a lot of, you know, a lot of um, women who go through sexual traumatic experience sometimes can, you know, hypersexualize things and like, yes. you know, want to seek that. And, you know, I've experienced that with some of the friendships that I have had, but that was never me. I felt more so this need to go within myself mm. and give myself to myself. Hmm. and it was it was not this this like space of loving myself for a very long time it was first learning to respect myself wow. and okay. like I felt that after like I had really learned how to respect myself and anchor that in the love came effortlessly hmm. after putting up those boundaries for myself and it was like that divine mothering that I didn't quite hmm. know that that's what it was at the time but um, when I got in college I definitely became more liberal when it came to sex. Like when I got to, when I got into college, I just wanted to explore and I didn't see anything wrong with that. Like I had, you know, I had friends and we would, you know, just explore sexually together. And then I would just kind of be like, well, that's not for me. So yeah, yeah that was, that was nice. <laughs> you know, and then I started to realize this thing whenever I would sleep with people they would always want to and I mean this is a guy thing like of course but they would always want to you know sleep with me and they would always you know they would always talk about to the effect that like sex was very different with me like it was very it was just very different it, like it was a lot more I guess the word is intimate but it was expressed in different ways mm -hmm. but it was just like because in those moments like I really allowed myself to be there with somebody and like be in my body and like really have that like I see you like we are we are like creating this space together in the universe and like mm -hmm. I feel you I see you and so it was just this space of love like really just get like I had learned to open my heart up again after honoring myself for those many years of not 
sleeping with anyone. Yes. And so I went through, you know, phase and then it got a little, a little too much. And I wasn't quite aware of the other side of that, which is, you know, the whole soul tie thing and the whole, like, whenever you sleep with somebody that, and my grandma had told me like it, had told me this wisdom in an old wise way that I didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. but then I was just like you know in my scientific brain I'm like well I am exchanging DNA with people (laughs) you know and and then it clicked for me and I was like well you know if I'm exchanging DNA with this person I am literally absorbing everything that they've experienced everybody that they've experienced and all of the traumas and all of the baggages and all of the things and so it switched into you know being more like you know, free about it to just being more conscious about it. I didn't feel guilty mm-hmm. about those things. I was like, you know, I needed to experience that to know this, yeah. but then I got, you know, way more conscious about it. And in my long-term relationship, when I was in college, it was pretty toxic because I was still in the space of like it being my first relationship. I had only seen dysfunctional relationships mm-hmm. um, modeled for me and I had never really seen a healthy one. And so I took a a lot of those traits from not only that, but from the cult being so controlling to my relationship and like feeling like I had to be perfect and feeling like, you know, I I couldn't really allow myself to be seen and always having to be right and always like having to be pushy and like have things a certain way and like all these things, because I really just wanted to feel safe because I felt really abandoned and taken advantage of from those moments. So that was my way of trying to overcompensate and not experience those things again. Yeah. Um, but but sexually, I would just say I, there was always this shining truth that it was just a divine thing. Yes. Yes, always, always, always. Thank you so much, babe, for sharing this, sharing your, your whole story. And oh, the vulnerability right now is just... Oh my mind is blown and my heart is so open and I, I honor you so deeply. Thank you for sharing this really intense, powerful, and, you know, entertaining story. This is like, this is like, wow. I feel like so many people can relate to this, to your story with, you know, abortion and with the cult in, in so many different ways. And it's beautiful. And I honor you so, so, so deeply. And I love that you have turned this to power, th- turn this into your power through transmuting it and through, you know, your relationships with your sisters and with yourself. And like I was sharing with you before, you know, I believe that like integrated trauma births so much compassion mm-hmm. for ourselves and for each other. And that's like a key code to freedom. It's a key code to freedom is compassion you know, as like acceptance and like really going in. I feel like you're, you're, you're very avid of going within yourself and really just finding that within you. And you're just so magical. There's so much to you that I can't even, I I don't have enough words for it, you know, but I love you so much, Kayla. And thank you so much for everything that you've shared. Thank you, babe. You are so welcome. I do want to add one more thing because I feel like this this really like, you know, is a big takeaway too from experiencing being in a cult, like, you know, coming into the spiritual community, it really um, gave me that power to not seek outside of myself, not to put above me, not to, you know, feel like somebody has something that I don't. And to always like be open to receiving like others truths without having to shift my own. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what it gave me is like, they can wow. 
it can all exist. And, you know, that I can be my own dense stream of consciousness and so can you. Mm -hmm. And we might not see things the exact same way, but we are pieces of each other. So you give me a space and I give you a space. And from experiencing those two different poles, I realized that I never want to be here or here, but everywhere in between. And I allow myself to experience all of the grayness of the polarities because that's, that's what we are giving birth to. Like giving birth is giving birth to all of these different spaces on the polarity spectrum. And it wouldn't have a space if there wasn't an opposite vibration and opposite yeah so yes queen yeah and yeah that's like what I've been like talking about I just haven't said polarity but it's like (laughs) you know like the trauma and then like what's birthed from it and like the space in between like fuck yes queen oh I love you so much um so last question actually I have two more questions for you so to you what what does it mean to be a sex priestess if you identify as a sex priestess? What does that mean to your heart and to your body? You know, for me personally, um, I express through through literature and through like through, you know, like I live in a library and I and I express through like being this librarian archetype and like embodying like sharing knowledge and wisdom with the knowledge and wisdom of the body and like that our body is that art our body is that literature like we are literally like walking words we are and so that's how I personally express and um that's why it kind of like led to to giving birth to um this this living library temple space that's going Mm. to take like a year to build. But um, having all of these different rooms and welcoming in all of these women to like also share their teachings and allow them to monetize from it. Because I feel like all of our codes are so needed. And I've been feeling this need to express myself sexually more. And I used to do that by having sex. And now it's been being expressed in so many different ways through creating designs, through branding, through working with other people, through taking like sexy pictures of myself that are just turn me on. That, yes. That on and like seducing myself and flirting with myself. Yes. <laughs> and truly treating myself like the goddess that I fucking am. Yes. That's what being a sex priestess means to me. Yes, queen. Oh bowing to you my love oh my god this was incredible this was fucking incredible thank you so much for sharing everything um so I feel quite complete with everything that was shared and um I would love to I'd love to know how people can find you like I know your Instagram but other people don't know your Instagram so where can people find you and do you have any offerings that people can um I guess opt into right now um, to work with you, to, to receive your, your wisdom and your medicine. Yes. So as of now, I have began offering web design and branding services. Woo! So I'm like in the process of building my website for it. It was birthed really organically. I just had a lot of people in my space, no matter what I was doing, coming to me for design, coming to me for branding, coming to me for writing services. 
And so, so many different people with all of these creative projects were reaching out and I was trying to like piece it all together and it kind of pieced itself together. And so I was like, why don't I offer these services to people because they're asking for them anyway. So I offer web design and branding services. I offer writing services as well for people who want blog content wrote mm-hmm. for them, for people who want social media content written for them, for people who just want um, content written for their website if they have a hard time, like turning very very mundane things into beautiful words. That's, that's one of the things I love. Um, So those are my design offerings. And then I also have one-on-one mentorship. Cool. Where you really are going to get a trio of things, which is like practical, technical, and spiritual wisdoms. Mm. So it's not just going to be spiritual business coaching or, um, or just like the business and finance part. It's going to be all of it. And it's also so custom to you. Like it's not a cookie cutter thing. Exactly what you need is like what we work into. So it's completely like customizable and we get to co-create together. Um, I've really taken this year to invest in my business and finance education. Mm-hmm. I've been learning about financial literacy and how to build like a business from the ground up. And I'm currently in this program um, called BWO, where they teach you about digital real estate, trading, investing your money, like all of the things to do. So I really have this grounded wisdom for you to be able to like pick and choose from what you need. So I do have that one-on-one offering too. Um, I'm currently working with one person. So there are only like two more slots open for one-on-one just so I can give that intimacy and just have that space. Um, And you're able to find that through the link in my bio. You can sign up for a free consultation call with me and we can go from there. But my Instagram is spiritual business doula and we'll leave that below. Um, That's the ways in which you can work with me. Oh, beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yes. So the links will be below guys in the show notes and um, you could follow Kayla at business. What is it? Business, spiritual business, the doula. spiritual business. Is it the spiritual business doula or spiritual business doula? Spiritual business doula. Beautiful. Yes. So all of the links will be below guys. Thank you so much, Kayla, for being here and sharing and Thank you everyone for tuning in. We would love to receive you. So um, if this podcast episode resonated with you, feel free to message me or Kayla on Instagram. Um, Yes. So thank you so much. Love you. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sex Priestess podcast. Head on over to the show notes for all direct links to follow me and any featured guest on the show. If this episode resonated with you, please share by leaving me a review or head on over to my Instagram at Sarah Nicole Oracle and send me a direct message. I love you so much. Thanks for listening. The Sex Priestess Podcast.